I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. At a crucial moment on Good Friday, Jesus tells Pontius Pilate that he has come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And then Pilate sarcastically responds, what is truth? What is truth? I think that philosophy of Pontius Pilate is very prominent today. So many people hold this same philosophy. They say, oh, what is truth? I mean, what's true for you isn't true for me. Uh, I can make up my own truth. I can make up my own reality. I can make up my own morality. And so don't impose your truth on me. Everyone has the right to make up their own truth. How do we talk about life in a culture that doesn't even believe in truth anymore? We don't get the basics right anymore. We don't know uh, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what marriage is, what love is. If we, we can't even grasp those basic fundamental human realities if we don't even believe that there is something called truth. So my friends, what I'm going to be sharing with you here today is I'm going to give you a little little insight into a new book, a new project I'm working on. I've been thinking a lot about these stories of Jesus before Pontius Pilate lately because I'm working on a brand new book. I mentioned it last week. It's called A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion. No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion. It'll be out in early 2019 in time for Lent. Uh, it's really going to be just walking through all those amazing, uh, uh, crucial events at the at the climax of Christ's public ministries. He's there in Jerusalem and dying on the cross. And, and there's just so much in these stories. I just got back from Jerusalem a couple weeks ago where we were filming. There's going to be a video component to this. So there'll be a book that can stand by itself, but there's also going to be a video study program. So for those that are in any kind of small group, men's group, women's group, Bible study, uh, just know that this will be available through Ascension Press coming in February 2019. Uh, please pray for me and, and our team as we're, we're working on this. Uh, I appreciate your prayers. And it's kind of crazy we're talking about <laughs> Lent here because it's the end of November. We should be thinking about Advent. Next week, I'm going to be doing a, a special topic on Advent, I, and I'm hoping to bring Beth on. Uh, our plan is to talk about our successes and failures in living Advent as individuals and as a couple and, and especially as a family. It's it's our favorite time of year, but it's also one of the most stressful times of years, and sometimes we live Advent really, really well, and there's other times where, I could be honest, where we, we've kind of missed the boat and we, we didn't live it out as well in, in our own hearts and in our family, and we're going to share some of those uh, uh, successes and failures with you uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. But if you are looking for a resource to get ready for Advent, I just want to share with you, you may not know, I have a book out on uh, daily reflections for Advent. It's called The Advent of Christ, Scriptural Reflections to Prepare for Christmas. So daily biblical reflections on the story of Mary, Jesus, and Joseph, the story of Elizabeth, Zechariah, John the Baptist, the shepherds, the magi, Simeon the prophet, all those wonderful stories we've known since our childhood. But this uh, little daily reflection book helps write that on our heart in the month of December, which can be so distracting, so overwhelming. We want to keep focus like Mary and keep these things and ponder them in our hearts. So you can check that out on my website, edwardsreed.com. It's called The Advent of Christ if you're looking for a resource for the Advent season coming up soon. But let's go back to our topic here. I want to bring us back to the Praetorium and, and put ourselves in the scene. Jesus just having talked about truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And he's coming to bear witness to the truth, to reveal the truth that the Father sent him to do. And Pilate is, is completely rejecting it by saying, well, what is truth? You see, 
For Pilate, the idea of there being a real objective truth, that's not really important to Pilate. You know, he Pilate knows that Jesus is innocent. He, you know, Pilate's used to dealing with revolutionary threats to Rome. He knows what a real revolutionary looks like. And the chief priests are coming and bringing Jesus before him and saying, oh, this man is, you know, stirring up the people. He's causing them to be disloyal to Rome is the implication. Uh, he's, refu- he's, he's preventing people from paying the taxes. So they're, they're trying to paint Jesus to be this threat to Rome, uh, like a rival king. He claims to be a king. Uh, and, and Pilate's, in, in his first little interrogation with Jesus, quickly realizes this guy, this Jesus, he, he is no real revolutionary. Uh, in fact, the Gospels tell us that Pilate can, can tell that, that, that Jesus is not only innocent, but this is a, a religious matter. It's a dispute between the Jews. Uh, in fact, it, Matthew's Gospel tells us that Pilate realizes the real issue is envy, that the chief priests are envious of Jesus. So Pilate knows that Jesus is innocent. He knows the truth that this is just about the chief priest being angry with Jesus and, and, and envious of him. But if there's no real truth, In other words, if truth is relative, if truth is just dependent on each individual's and their own opinions or feelings or perceptions at the moment, then none of those facts about Jesus's innocence really matters. You see, Pilate has his own truth, so to speak, his own truth. Uh, He he sees that the, the chief priests are starting to stir up the crowds and getting the crowds to to call for Christ's crucifixion. And it's interesting, the gospel accounts tell us that Pilate repeatedly was trying to release Jesus. Do you remember? He says, oh, uh, it's Passover time, and there's this tradition of releasing a prisoner on Passover. So, hey, yeah, here we go. Maybe I can release Jesus to you. And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want that Jesus. We want this other one, Barabbas. And so Pilate's trying all these different maneuvers. He tries to send Jesus over to Herod. Maybe Herod will take care of this problem. He keeps trying to release Jesus or, or, or pass off the buck to someone else. But in the end, he's feeling the mounting pressure. That's Pilate's own truth. <laughs> uh, and then when the chief priest starts pressing in and they start threatening Pilate, that's when Pilate breaks down. You see, the chief priest come to Pilate toward the end of the, the trial narrative and says, they say to him, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. I want to talk about that for a moment here. That when it says, you are no friend of Caesar, I remember used, I used to think that, oh, that just meant, oh, you don't really like Caesar. You're not close to him. You know, you wouldn't be a buddy with him. He's not going to like you. He's going to be mad at you if you release this Jesus. Uh, that's how I used to interpret it. But I want you to know that the language there that you use, friend of Caesar, that would refer in the ancient Greco-Roman world to a special group of, uh, that was a friend of the ruler or a friend of the king. And you find this in various kingdoms where that there was a, a, a lower level leader that was very loyal to the ruler, that they might be rewarded by being a part of this special group, this special club called the Friends of the King. They would become trusted advisors to the ruler and they might be given special titles and honors and authority. So they're part of a special group. And we know about this even in Rome. They're, they had the Friends of Caesar or the Friends of Augustus. Uh, and so when, when the chief priests are saying, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar, they're not just talking about that in a general sense. They're, they're striking right at the core of Pilate's status and identity 
as a friend of Caesar, as a Roman governor. And, and that would have been so valuable to him. And more valuable to, than being a friend of Jesus is being a, a part of the club, the friend of Caesar, having that status, uh, having that relationship with, G, with, with, with Caesar. And so Pilate's really feeling the weight here. And, and even, uh, even, though, even though he knows the facts, Jesus isn't really a revolutionary. Jesus is not a threat to the Roman Empire by any means. Uh, he, he has to deal with his own truth, the idea that he, he may lose his job. And, and they're threatening that they're going to make sure that uh, Pilate hears about this. If you release this man, in other words, we're going to make sure Pilate, or we're going to make sure uh, Caesar hears about this. Uh, we're going to make sure that Caesar knows that you release somebody who claimed to be a king and you'll lose your status as a friend of Caesar. That's too much for Pilate to bear. You see, if you have Pilate's philosophy, this is probably the most important point I want, to, I want us to take away here. If, if you adopt Pilate's philosophy that there's no truth, that you can just make up your own truth, then you don't have anything outside you to guide yourself. You don't have any moral standard outside of you uh, to, to serve as your North Star. You, you, you don't have uh, any moral compass, really, because you're, you're going to just do in the end when, you're, when push comes to shove and you're going to face suffering or you have to make a sacrifice, you're going to choose what's more convenient for you, what's more expedient for you, what's going to give you more advantage, more pleasure, uh, what's going to help you get more power or money, whatever the issue is. You know, if we don't have any truth outside of us, then we just do, we act according to our own self-interest. That's what Pilate does this day. Pilate knows the truth. He knows the reality. He says several times, Jesus is innocent. Even, even when he sends Jesus off to be killed, he, what does he do? He, he washes his hands and he says, you know, I'm innocent of this man's blood. You know, well, no, you're not, Pilate. <laughs> you, you had the chance to defend him. You had the chance to be courageous and stand up for the truth. You just don't believe in truth enough. Because when you believe that there's no real truth, then you just do what's in your best interest. Uh, and that's what happens. He sends an innocent man off to be crucified. And that's a very important point for our world today. I want you to see the real problem with relativism, the idea that truth is relative, there's no morality, no truth. Everyone makes up their own morality, everyone makes up their own truth. That idea, if you, if, if a culture embraces moral relativism, then there's no truth, then, then nothing can be said to be right or wrong. Anything is doable, anything is justifiable. If a culture embraces moral relativism, they will send off many innocent people to be hurt. Many innocent people will be wounded. Many innocent people will be neglected. That's what happens in a culture of moral relativism. The same thing that happened on Good Friday. Pilate didn't believe in truth and he sent an innocent man to be crucified. Our culture and our modern Western world does not believe in truth. And so you know what happens? We have marriage and family falling apart completely. You know, for example, if uh, a father decides he wants to leave his wife and kids to run off with another woman, then, well, we can't say that that's wrong because that's his truth. It's maybe good for him and, and that's fine for him, you know, or if, if you know, we are very comfortable and, you know, we have, we have a lot of 
uh, extra wealth here in, in the United States of America. And so I can have a nice laptop. I've got a great cell phone plan and I can set my, my air conditioning in the summer to just the right temperature I like and the heat in the winter to just the right temperature that it just makes me feel perfectly comfortable. You know, we, we live a very comfortable life. Uh, but if, I, if, if we focus just on our own wealth and never generously, sacrificially share with those in need, and we neglect the poor. We we can't we can't say that that's wrong. So those that have you know lots of money and uh, and 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 don't care for the poor, we can't say that what they're doing is wrong because well that's their life, that's their money. They could do what they want. What is truth? That that's their truth. That they just want to store up their riches, build up their savings, uh, spend money on on the latest fashion, the latest technology, and the the latest uh, uh, what the movies that are out there, whatever it is, you know. So uh, that that's their truth. That's their reality. You can't say that that's wrong. Uh, same thing if we say you know the 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 untold killing of thousands of innocent babies in their mothers' wombs through abortion that happens every day. We can't say that that's wrong because that's the culture's truth. Well, you know, if somebody thinks that it's not a human life, then for them it's not a human life. What happened on Good Friday is happening over and over and over again as people are hurt through moral relativism. That, that's the real evil of moral relativism. Uh, you see, when, when we don't have truth, there's not a standard, there's not a moral compass, you can't say anything is right or wrong, and then we all go to self-interest. We pursue our own desires, uh, even at the expense of others, and we we cover up a multitude of crimes, a multitude of sins, in the name of moral relativism. My friends, I want to conclude with this last thought here. Uh, Pilate denies that there's truth that day, and he sent Jesus out to be crucified. Our secular culture. Our secular world, our relativistic world, denies that there's truth. That there's truth, but we have to see is that truth is not simply an abstract idea; it's a person. The truth is a person, Jesus Christ. Jesus said He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so, when when a young person, for example, in our culture, which happens very often today, starts to adopt moral relativism in their heart, they start saying, "Well, I wouldn't do that, but for me." You know, I, I think it's wrong. But if other people think it's okay, I guess that's okay for them. Many good Christians start adopting this creeping moral relativism in their heart. And they adopt what I like to call for me morality. They start saying, well, for me, you know, I, I think abortion is wrong. But if other people want abortion, it's okay. For me, marriage is between a man and woman. But for other people, if they want to define marriage a different way, that's fine for them. When we start adopting that for me morality, we start denying that there's truth. The truth is not dependent on me, that my feelings, my opinions, or this other person or this other group's feelings and opinions don't create reality. <laughs> you know, that there is reality outside of us and our minds are called to understand it and, and our hearts, our wills are meant to live according to it. You know, when we start denying that there's truth, we're not just denying some, some philosophical system out there. We're starting to deny Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and, and that's that's the real danger of moral relativism. So we start that that division between us and Jesus starts creeping into our hearts. And, and that will start letting in many, many more problems, many more dysfunctions, many more sins in our hearts and into the world. Let's fight the philosophy of Pontius Pilate. What is truth? 
My friends, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please pray for me as I'm working on this project. Um, No Greater Love, a biblical walk through Christ's passion. You're just getting a little taste of what I've been writing about in the last week and will be filmed in Jerusalem a a couple weeks ago. Uh, So please pray for the project coming out in February 2019, about a month before Lent. Uh, And if you have any questions, you can always contact me on Facebook, Twitter, or my website, edwardsstreet.com. And stay tuned for next week as we're going to be talking about successes and failures in the three family uh, in living out Advent. Uh, and it, oh, last thing, if you want that Advent resource, check it out, The Advent of Christ, uh, the book that I wrote, Advent of Christ, put out by uh, Servant Books. You can find it on my website, edwardsree.com. Thanks so much, and God bless.